Welcome, everybody, to our story time episode of Uncommon Deeds. We teased it for a few weeks that we're going to tweak it a little bit. We're going to do interviews every other week, story time every other week to kind of keep giving you something every week. Yeah, every week. Did you play music? Because I can't hear it. It's doing I did. that weird thing. I don't but know like, why you're the, yeah. for what, some reason, you're the only one that can't hear. But you're dancing, music so it must be good. Buttons. It was the sweet 80s music that I sent you a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. All right. I think it was called like Mullet Anthem. Yeah, Mullet. <laughs> yes. That we were saving for some video stuff. I'm like, no, let's crank it out. Do it. So, yeah. yeah. All right. I'll hear it on the playback. There you go. Yeah. Getting those clicks in. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad that we're doing something weekly now that we get to talk. Yeah. Yeah. We're not a hundred percent positive what it's this week or, you know, this every, the story time episodes, what they're going to sound like, or they could be, 15 minutes we could be on some kind of a tear and it'll be 40 minutes of you and i just bsing about nothing which i'm sure some people will just love don't really care yeah we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna play around and uh see what happens with it yeah we're just gonna roll with it should we talk about racing? I mean, if there's something worthy of talking about. I saw Dale Earnhardt won an ACT race, so that's cool. I saw that. Yeah. In a uh I saw that in a pop-up on Facebook or something. Yeah. It wasn't worded correctly, so the grammar no. tripped me up. Yeah. And at that was... point, I can only focus on like oh, him and Dale Earnhardt are the only first-time winners. And that was like the sentence. Yeah, they didn't first add time at, winners in their first win or something. Yeah, it was confusing. At Lee, yeah, it didn't make sense. But and I'm and I'm thinking like DJ Kennington would like a word. He won his only ACT start at Lee. Let's talk about that. And for the record, if you didn't click the link, I'll tell you right now: Dale won a race at Cayuga, Ontario, in 1983, I think. And it was still the NASCAR North Tour. It wasn't even called ACT yet. Yes, it counts because it's all the same series, but that's where the thing comes in. So you are you fully in like excited racing seasons back or Yeah, I am. Um I really wasn't sure if I would be, to be honest with you. Um because I got a racing job without trying to get a racing job, which means it's work. Um, but I am really excited about it, and I've I've actually been to all three shows at Devil's Bowl this year so far, which was not the plan. Um, I'm paying attention to other races, and I hate to say it, but I think I'm actually going to buy the Flow subscription and actually pay attention on some of the races going around in the country and just I'm kind of feeling like I'm in the mode right now. You can business expense it. 
Okay. I like that. There you go. Nice. Yeah, it's interesting. It's kicking off, but nothing's really, you know, goosed me yet. Nothing's grabbed you by the retinas yet? Not yet. Um, Yeah, I don't know, honestly, if I'll be at Thunder Road this year, now that I think about it. Um, With the way that my schedule looks and the travel time to get there, which I'm bitching, but... You know, it it's on a Thursday. It's tough to get from Bridport to Barry, especially getting back. Um, I don't know if I'll make any races at Thunder Road this year, unless we go to the Milk Bowl. Um, I definitely won't be at Memorial Day weekend this weekend. I'll be at Bear Ridge and Devil's Bowl with Scone. So, uh, that I'm not sure about. I'd like to go to the Oxford 250 though, and I think we should try that. I don't think I've ever been. Really? Yeah. It's fun. It is fun. It feels it feels like a big event. I just spit all over myself. But it feels like a big event. You can leave that in. I don't care. Yeah. I will. I know. Mainly because it's Monday night and I don't yeah. want to do that much editing That's for right. tomorrow. <laughs> but no, like I've been clicking in and like check some results. Trying to see how Brian does, old Brian Hoare mm. on the comeback. Yep. He was like nineteenth at Lee the other day. Yeah, I actually haven't even. See, all I saw was Brandon Barker won. I don't know anything about even second and third. I think Corliss was there as always in the top three. Okay. Luchachi finished like last. Yeah, he hasn't been great. The last well, minus when he won, like a couple of them. Yeah. I did see that Brandon Barker won in the Oh No car, which is the car that Quinny Welch had been driving the first few weeks. So that deal obviously changed. Um, I know it had been tough. Quinny had torn the car up a couple of times, and I don't know if, I don't know how. I don't know if his, his involvement was the thing that started it or that he just got there as the victim, but. Yeah, it obviously made a change and it and it went well for the zero team. So, so yeah, this, so they won. One time potential guest that wasn't Gabe Brown finished second. <laughs> Jason Corliss third, DJ Shaw and Joey Pole top five. All right, that's a solid top five. Mm. And uh, Cam Huntress, Dylan Paye, Tom Whoa. Carey, Dylan Moltz, and Eric Sands, your top ten. Really? Yes, sir. Did not see that next five coming. Hey, some good performances. Dylan Paye getting a big top ten. Yeah, that's good for him. Yeah, that is good for him. And that's good for Eric Sands. He's getting more top tens and top fives and stuff. I think he just had a top five a couple weeks ago too. Hmm. Was that? I think it was. And I have no idea who Cam Huntress is. Do you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've seen his. <laughs> He's oh, that shit. guy from Rochester, New Hampshire. <laughs> <Okay>. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. I've seen his name a couple of times, but I could not begin to tell you who Cam Huntress is. And no disrespect. Solid to Cam last name. Like I feel like that's a strong last name. You that's could do some good. cool stuff with. Ooh, now I want to look at racing names. Hmm. 
Anywho. Yeah. What was it? Not Lee. The race before. What was it? Our guy B-Wall had like a top three. Yeah, Weeball. Um, Stingray Rob qualified for the Indy 500, so that'll, that's good. What's the guy's name? That's his given name. Not to discriminate since you've been there every week. What's uh what's going on in Devil's Bowl? You know what? I walked around as a fan last night, um, and it was cool. Uh, I just got to got to. I I didn't mean to help out first couple of weeks. Well, the first week I I helped out because they really needed it. The second week I was busy with Scone, so I didn't watch any racing except the sprint car racing that I was part of. Um, and then, um, as we record this, it was last night. I went to just hang out, which again, wasn't the plan. Uh, Linda was in Ohio for the week and she got home a day early and she brought Evelyn to girl scouts and she's, she's like, I got this. Why don't you go, why don't you go to devil's bowl? And I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm getting the hell out of here. Uh, I survived my first week alone with Evelyn first week ever of daddy daughter week. And we, we did it. We, we did the damn thing. Anyway, the question that you asked me was what, how's, how's it going to devil's bowl? seems fine to me. Um, good racing, lots of cars. I think I saw somewhere and it wasn't there, but I saw, didn't our old friend, Steve Miller get a big win recently? Yeah. He won at uh, Albany, Saratoga on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Pays to come on our show, man. It does. It freaking does. And I mean, Andy Santerre didn't win anything over the weekend, but we are looking for a street stock for him to go race it. What's he doing? The the Ike Door race, or that's what he wants to do? Something like that. Something like that. So he said, doesn't it has to be a good, yeah, competitive. That's right. Get Tommy Thunder on the phone. I don't think that's the car that he wants. <laughs> Shots fired. Well, those street stocks are not our street stocks. Also, he doesn't want. Never mind. <laughs> uh, oh, thunder. Yeah, what's new with you? How's golf? How's yeah. mowing? I mean, that's, asking you how golf is is like, I don't golf anymore. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) I put very little time into actual. I haven't. I haven't golfed in a year and a half, at least. Probably more than that. I didn't once last year because it was everything at work was so daunting. Yeah, with the lack of people and everything that was on my plate. So when the day was over, I just wanted to get the f out of there. Hmm. We'll see if something, especially now, kids are getting a little older, so it's not as, hopefully, (laughs) knock on wood, won't be as taxing on Allie over the summer when I'm gone all day and they're not too dependent and crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because, and I can understand, you know, three kids all day, hot summer, Fire off that text at one thirty. Like, hey, yeah. when are you going to be home? Yeah, come straight home. Need a break. Okay. The backyard is only so big. Yeah. But you know, we'll see. But yeah, golf new spot this year. I switched over to Burlington Country Club, and mm-hmm. 
took a little bit of a pay cut for a more enjoyable atmosphere and peace of mind and experience. And right, it seems like a even with a pay cut, like a big step up. Yeah, it's been far less stressful, and I'm getting some more time. I'm getting overtime in a kind of simple, easy way. You know, Rowan gets done preschool like two forty-five. I go into work at five thirty. I work through lunch for an extra half hour. So with my overtime, even with the pay cut, I'm making probably a little bit more than I did last year. And I'm a little closer to home, so All right. Well, I mean, win win then. Yeah. But no, it's good. I'm trying to get back into the working rhythm and the media rhythm. At the same Hold on, time, I'm watching a mouse eat kielbasa off the stove right now. A mouse just crawled out of my freaking stove, and he's trying to eat a kielbasa. You son of a bitch! You were planning on eating that kielbasa, weren't you? Well, I, it's a little. He just grabbed it. That. Well, that's what they do. You no, act no, no. Surprised. It's bigger. The chunk of kielbasa is bigger than the mouse. How is he doing this? Their teeth. They have very sharp teeth. So strong. Yeah. Where is the cat? <laughs> Look at him. Like mice and rats can like chew through pipes, man. The, you think they the, can't latch on to some kielbasa and take it for a ride? The chunk of kielbasa is so large he can't get it up into the little hole where he lives in the back of the stuff. Video to follow on Facebook. At, well, I already had a video last week of a mouse that the cat and the dog didn't do anything about. Linda would lose her shit if she saw this right now. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. You or? No, uh, Allie. Oh, okay. I guess I better put the food away, huh? Mm. Anyway. Work your, you know, work a non-lethal trap, buddy. Yeah. Little bucket up there. Throw some peanut butter in it. Get a cold. Cyanide. Get a cold beverage in a. He's. He's in a white tank top to... on and just what stake out, redneck style, and wait for that mouse to go in the bucket. He is now given up on transporting the kielbasa. He is just sitting there eating it, and I'm staring at him, watching him do it, and doing nothing about it. Would you like to pause to try to? No, throw the bucket no or... he can be part of the show to this week. This is fine. If he goes after my Brussels sprouts, I'm going to be pissed. I don't know where to go at this part of the show. Where do we go from here? I think we go to story time presented by ProHeat. Man. If you have a mouse living in your stove, call Michael John Massetti of ProHeat in each month. (laughs) If you like kielbasa, call (laughs) ProHeat. Summer, in theory, is coming. Last week, I sent Allie a video. As it was, I was on a mower as it was spitting snow in Burlington. Yeah. And then the next morning I got up to go to work and it was 29 degrees. Uh And I was at work in my winter overalls and hoodie and jacket and my uncommon deeds toque. Toque. My warm gloves. And I was like, God. This sucks. But it also made me think, hey, eventually the cold weather is going to come back after this summer. 
And if that's the case and you need to get yourself ready, now is a great time to call ProHeat. Why wait? You know, like they're going to be busy come fall. Yeah. Don't screw around and don't wait on it. Just get it done. Get it over with. You know, I mean, he's been doing it for 30 years and ProHeat has been at it in business for more than 20, I think 21 years right now. Just do it. I mean, we do talk about our sponsors like, and we talk them up with their years of experience, you know, like Barry Tile, 50 years and Ben Bushy, 10 years plus with the generators and MJ Massetti, 30 years in the business and 21 in business for himself. He's learned a thing or two and he's going to do it right for you. And you'll be a customer for life because you're going to, you're going to like what he does for you. Right? Like they're, they're good at what they do. Yeah, his Otherwise, business they wouldn't be in business for 21 years. Exactly. His business is old enough to have a drink at the bar. That's right. And if you can't trust that, what can you trust? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That probably didn't even make sense. Don't care. Oh, I get it. Yep, I get it. Check them <laughs> out. Where are we going? Where are we going for story time today? I'm talking numbers. I'm talking stats. It's something I haven't really done. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna throw so many numbers at you folks. Um but follow along, I think you'll enjoy it. I know you love the numbers. Mm, uh, I, ever. I actually Aaron Hill, who is kind of the yeah. the utmost Vermont high school basketball historian we have, and good friend of mine, been on the No Fouls podcast, sent me like the access to all his research. Because figured it would help me, obviously, with the podcast. And I almost, like, forwarded it to you, even though you could care less about it, just because I knew you'd appreciate the numbers. Mm, I would, I would love to see it. And the organization. Yep, I would love to see it. Let's enjoy some story time. Story time is presented by our friends at ProHeat and East Montpelier. And today, we're talking about feature win totals. So some friends that I have a group chat with have been obsessing over career win totals lately for drivers. And as a historian, I love the debate, but win totals are so incredibly lopsided based on so many factors that strictly looking at the numbers alone can skew your perception of what makes a racer great. Dirt drivers will almost universally have more feature wins than asphalt drivers. And there are several factors that even divide subsections within dirt or within asphalt dirt drivers often spend less money on weekly upkeep and maintenance, especially tires, so they tend to race more often, sometimes two to three times as much as pavement racers do. And within asphalt racing, passing is so hard to do and is getting harder and harder to do as time ticks by and the rule books tighten, thereby making the field closer in speed from top to bottom. With dirt, well, you can kind of get up and go at pretty much any time. And truth be told, there also tends to be a lot more junk in dirt races than asphalt, so fields get thinned out more quickly. None of this is to stroke or bash or love or loathe any particular kind of racing. Hell, you all know I was raised on asphalt myself, but now I've been almost exclusively a dirt guy these last few years. I love it all. I don't care. Please know that this isn't a definitive list of any kind. It's strictly observational, but it does lay out some statistics and pose some questions. So hang tight with me because this one has a lot of numbers in it. According to our analytics and Facebook uh, feedback tools and Spotify and all those things that we look at, it's pretty fair to say that if you're 
a regular listener of Uncommon Deeds, there's a better than average chance that you're also an asphalt late model fan who lives in northern New England. Whether that's true or not, you might find yourself someday pondering the greatest winners of all time. And you'll think about drivers like, I don't know, Robbie Crouch, Jeff Taylor, uh, Mike and Ben Rowe, Dave Dion, Johnny Clark, Cassius Clark, Brian Hoare, Bobby and Beaver, maybe a few others, Kelly Moore, Nick Sweet, uh, Patrick LaPearl, Gene Paul Sear, yada, yada. You would be right in your assumption that those guys are at, or at least near, the top of the heap as far as northern asphalt late model racing goes. Those guys are heroes, absolute legends. I admire them and appreciate every opportunity that I get to hang out with them. I grew up watching almost all of them either progressing in their learning curve on their way to greatness or to create new ways to be perfect and extend their dominance. My research has led me to find that Mike Rowe has 226 wins to his credit, maybe one or two more. But that's about it, and I'm hard-pressed to find any asphalt late model racers in this part of New England with a credible win list who has more wins. Bobby Dragon? No, he's right at around 145. What about Beaver? You know what? I've only got him at 53 wins. Robbie Crouch? 101. Dave Dion? 118. Brian Hoare? 65. Gene Paul Sear? Just 30 wins, believe it or not. Johnny Clark, he's probably right around 60, give or take a few. I haven't really tackled that project yet. And Ben Rowe, maybe a handful more. I'd guess no more than 75, though, without having looked really hard at his career yet. Those guys are without question among the best asphalt late model racers in New England. Am I right? Of course I am. But when you hear that Brett Hearn and Steve Kinzer each have more than 900 wins on dirt, you wonder just exactly what the hell happened to the pavement guys. It's pretty simple, really. Dirt guys race a hell of a lot more, and they also make and spend a hell of a lot more money to go fast and win races. Brett Hearn won 300 races at Orange County Fair Speedway alone. But when you have the best equipment in the region, racing two divisions every night for 40 years, well, what do you expect to happen? And that's just one track. Hearn raced five nights a week for those 40-plus years, winning practically everywhere that he went. And Steve Kinzer raced 80 or 90 shows a year with World of Outlaws, running with national sponsors and elite equipment. It's the right formula, absolutely. So I belong to the Auto Racing Research Associates Group, ARRA for short. Look us up on Google. I went down the list of driver win records on the website, and I compiled a ranking of not everyone, but pretty close. And then I compared that to the list of nearly 200 drivers that I've researched on my own. You've got Hearn at 914, Kinzer at 902, and then New Jersey dirt racer Billy Pouch at 744, dirt late model icon Scott Bloomquist at 607, and dirt modified star Danny Johnson at 601. That's the top five. Then there's the late Frankie Schneider, who was a pioneering star with 559 wins. The first asphalt guy that shows up on the list was in seventh place, and that's, of course, Richie Evans at 518 modified wins. Richie raced four or five nights a week his whole life. 103 wins behind him is Ray Hendrick, a Southern Asphalt guy in 14th place, and then Teddy Christopher at 377. My guess on, you're, you're probably asking about Junior Hanley. My guess on him is that he'll end up somewhere around 400 wins, but that research has been painstaking and is years and years on in the process, and we're nowhere near done on that. The great Dick Trickle, of course, everybody's going to ask about him. He's always been rumored to have 1,200 feature wins, right? Wrong. Most credible historians figure it's closer to about 700, which is still obviously amazing. But it's alarming to think of a guy like Robbie Crouch, who was my hero as a kid and probably still is, 
and see that his 100 wins don't even sniff these dirt guys on paper. Well, races aren't run on paper. The handicap system on asphalt in this region makes it notoriously tough for drivers to dominate with 10 or 12 wins a year. It just doesn't happen. And if it ever does, it's a miracle. Take Thunder Road, for example. Joey LeCare is number one all time at the track. Do you know how many wins he has there across all his divisions through 50 years of racing? 45 wins. That's it. That's number one all time at Thunder Road. 45 wins. Not very many. But 45 minutes up the road on the dirt at Bear Ridge, Adam Pearson has won more than 100 features there alone and 157 total in his career. Butch Elms and Brother Eastman won dozens and dozens of races at Bear Ridge. At Devil's Bowl, Kenny Tremont has 90 wins and only three of them were on asphalt. These are two different worlds and two different schools of thought, right? Asphalt versus dirt. We all know on the asphalt side, Patrick LaPearl has won just about everything there is to win up here, right? He's only got 60 wins. DJ Shaw is going to go down in history as a legend when he retires. He only has 39 wins. Dave Pembroke, one of the very best to ever turn a wheel at Thunder Road, Groveton, ACT, you name it, 24 wins when he retired. That's it. Meanwhile, Matt Shepard, raised his win total over on the dirt last weekend to 472. This stuff is wild, right? Bottom line, one isn't better than the other. It's just incredibly, incomparably, inconceivably different. We're comparing apples to freaking bulldozers here. When guys like Gene Paul Sear are only racing 15 times a year with ACT, dominance looks like three or four wins a year. Matt Shepard wins that many in a week. Who is a better driver in terms of talent? Dynamite Dave Dion or Jumpin' Jack Johnson? Well, you'd have a hell of a parking lot campfire debate over that one with the right people talking. But if you look at numbers, Jumper won 310 more times than David. How in the world can you even compare that? You can't. But ask any race fan their opinion on one or the other, and you'll get an earful. Stats are what I live for, and now I've talked about them long enough. So look for a link to the ARRA website on our social pages this week, and maybe a little piece of this list, and you can fall in love with the numbers too. This edition of Storytime on Uncommon Deeds has been brought to you by our friends at ProHeat. Winter is finally over, but now is the time to get ahead of things for next winter. ProHeat of East Montpelier, Vermont is the only call you need to make. With 21 years in business and more than 30 years of experience in the industry, the staff at ProHeat are constantly learning and evolving and ready to tackle any and every situation in a hurry and get it right. ProHeat is a one-stop shop for sales, installation, and service of furnaces, oil tanks, gas, oil, electric, and hybrid water heaters, cold climate heat pumps, Renai space heaters, gas and oil boilers, and much more. For more information, visit ProHeat on Facebook or call the East Montpelier office at 802-479-9330 or call Michael John Massetti directly at 802-272-0964. Professional, reliable, on-time, ProHeat. I love numbers. Mm. Numbers are fun. Yeah. And even if like you can relate or I can relate, even if I'm looking at like basketball, it's like comparing eras. Like you can't compare LeBron James to Bill Russell. Right. You know, where they're traveling in buses, playing in converse all stars, you know, just no advantage and you know lebron spends a million dollars a year just on his body and health and freaking sleep chambers and all that right. stuff listen i'm a montreal canadians fan 24 stanley cups they've won i think five in the expansion era you know since there were more than six teams 
right? Like, I know that that's a little bit skewed. Richard Petty has 200 wins because they used to race 70 races a year in cup. Of Mm -hmm. course he won 200 times. You can't compare him with Jimmy Johnson. If you do, Jimmy Johnson's probably better. You know, I hate to say it, but look at the numbers and they're going to work. Yeah. And then you have the, because my dad was one of them. I said, oh, yeah. Jeff Gordon would have three more championships if they didn't switch formats and yeah jimmy johnson won all these but with the playoff and yeah you can't compare eras and clearly you can't compare asphalt to dirt holy shit right like has has there even been like 400 races at thunder right yeah right it's honestly like how could you expect if you're if you're thinking about the greatest drivers you've ever seen and you go to a lot of asphalt and dirt races and you see both, you're going to be like Stuart Friesen, Matt Shepard. And then you're going to be like uh, Brian Hoare, Mike Rowe, Robbie Crouch. And then you're going to look, you could, you could add up all three of those asphalt guys that I just listed off and they don't even, their combined total doesn't add up to one of the, the dirt guys. Yeah. You know, but you know that they're all insanely talented, the same amount of talented. If you put them in SRX or something together where they're all racing the same cars mm-hmm. on an asphalt track one week and a dirt track the next, it's going to be a hell of a show. Yeah, I always enjoyed like respect for each other. You look at all the all-time numbers and maybe not with the last few years, but like till recently like Pat was still like top 20 with four wins. Yeah. yeah. And at you know, late models, four and tigers, whatever it was, couple ACT wins. Yep, crazy. It's, it's wild to think about. Mm-hmm. Which, at some point coming up, you know, got the okay, and we're sitting down with Uncle Pat soon. Good, just because it is the one I get asked about, obviously. <laughs> but that that is coming. It's. It's coming relatively soon. Nice. I'm not going to put my foot in the mouth and say very soon because <laughs> stuff happens. Right. But yeah, that's that's coming soon. I'm super looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too, man. We and we've been trying with him for uh, two years. Yeah, and I mean, there's obviously the long stretch of time where stuff was going on family wise. Yeah, it just didn't seem like the right time. But no, talked to him last last week or the week before, whatever it was, and he said, "Yeah, whenever you guys want, just let me know." Awesome. So that's coming up, not too not too distant future. Nice. And you know, like I said, when I uh, I reached out on Facebook Land a few, that was probably a couple months ago at this point for contact information for a bunch of names from the past. And we got a ton of great contacts and thank you all. They're not all going to happen right away because it's just not feasible, but um, and we keep getting them, which is excellent. And it sounds like Tom and I may have a dinner and drinks date on a boat with a couple of legends up in Plattsburgh at some point. So we got to figure out how to make that work, but still low, <laughs> still chasing the white whale of the Kentucky Colonel. I know. 
He's the only guy that I didn't get contact info for. So I'll I'll beg you all now. Tom Tiller, if you're out there, it's Justin and it's Tom, and we want to talk to you. We did. There was a point last year, if you recall, uh, I had a guy who helped out yeah, yeah. at the golf course who would come in to help mechanic on stuff. And he had done work. He had known him. He had helped work in the pits years ago. He's an older gentleman. And he knew his son. It's like, ah, I had his, I did work for him at some point. I had his number. I can't find it. And he was, I'm pretty sure this is his son's address. Just go. Just, Just go. go knock on the door. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't think we're fully. <laughs> and it wasn't even like the full address. It was kind of like, go up here, then you bang that right. I think you take a left and you go up like three houses, I believe. There you go. The third or maybe the fourth house. <laughs> you know, who just knows? go knocking. Like, yeah, I don't think we're quite ready for full door to door stocking. Gray. If it's in the driveway, I think that's it. But we were surprisingly close to giving it a try. It. Yeah. It's the best lead we got. Uh. Uh, but no, uh, a good story time brought to you by pro heat. Mm -hmm. We'll be back next week with a guest. That is the plan. Oh, we will. And then story time the week after. And Hey, you're learning the rhythm. I like it. You're feeling it. Yep. So yeah, we're pretty excited to be back weekly, bringing you uh, bringing you some audio every week. Mm -hmm. And we got all the other stuff going on. Uh, no Fouls has been on a little break for a few weeks. Just uh, a lot of stuff going on and trying to prioritize and make sure I'm not overdoing it in terms of everything in my schedule. Uh but that's coming back very shortly, and we got Game of the Weeks going up. So super excited about that. The New Sports Order podcast is rolling. That's been every week. And that's, again, will be out this week. Uh, oh, with the movie review, right? Yeah. Yes. With the cult classic Cobra. Oh, wow. Starring Sylvester Stallone. If you have never seen it, it's something. It's something going back and watching it now. Uh, it was originally, I think, supposed to, it was more or less an action horror was what it was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. And it was so violent on the first edit that it received an X rating. Whoa. So they had to go back and kind of re-edit and rejigger it to get it down to rated R. Dang. I follow an Instagram account. And it's basically death scenes from VHS tapes, like really bad, bad movies from the eighties. And it's, I don't even like horror films or slashers or anything like that, but these are amazingly bad movies and I'm really enjoying this account. I can't find it, but I would tell you what it is, but it's, I'll send it to you later, but it's great. And I imagine that this is the road you'll be traveling down during these movie reviews. We'll see. You know, I'm going to try to keep it in like a good mixture of 
actually like really good movies and like just good 80s, early 90s yeah. action movies that I think are instant classics, but maybe not, you know, getting a nod at the Oscars or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're going to throw some good – we we were texting Sterling and I the other day when I was at work and just compiling a list of all these movies he hasn't seen. And some of them we got to wait, you know, till they're on a streaming service or whatever that he can see. But, no, there's – there's a ton. Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Nicolas Cage. Oh, man. Maybe some Harrison Ford. Yeah. The Fugitive. He's never seen The Fugitive. Really? Yeah. Which That's is a big movie. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, there was some other. He's never seen Heat with Al Pacino and oh. Robert De Niro. Okay. Which is like kind of the quintessential heist movie. It's got the famous scene. They're going down the road, Trent. But that is also almost a three-hour movie. So, oh, yeah. You know. But, no, this week we are – we'll obviously talk NBA playoffs. I would assume by the time we record on Wednesday, the I would guess that the Celtics will have been swept out of the playoffs. Stop and it. I will uh, – be pretty pissy about that. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. And then, yeah, we're going to deep dive into Sylvester Stallone's classic Cobra. Nice. All right. Looking forward to it. Uh, all right, buddy. Yep. We'll be back next week. Barry Tile, Bushy's Generator Sales and Service, Valley Collision and Restoration. Thank you for sticking with us with this new weird schedule that we're doing. And uh, thanks to Pro Heat for putting the story time on. Yeah. I Which, mean, by the way, uh, Pro Heat is just re up for another 10 story times. So, hey, we got no Sweet. choice. They're coming. Yeah. That's right. But no, you said it. And I want to echo that. It's been, what, a month, two months of kind of the show in flux. Yeah. Not in a it's going to disappear type of way, but in a trying to figure out what it's going to be and kind of a schedule that works when you and I are much more busy in the summertime and yeah, everybody was like on board and like, yeah, whatever you need, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. I mean, we picked up a sponsor during yeah. our state of flux. Yeah. Yeah. And, just want to say super appreciate it and i think we're about to find our rhythm again and right on yeah this definitely lightens our workload with this with this whole project because it's it's a workload we, that we've put on ourselves here um but this story time thing is much easier yeah for us. and there's it, it is us- enjoyable because we you and i just kind of get to chat yeah, And like kind of the fun part of the new sports order podcast is I just to get to touch base with my friend yeah. that I never get to see anymore. And I was losing touch with, and now we get to talk every week and chat and let's be, I don't have to find a guest. Yeah, me either. <laughs> it's good. It's yeah. good. There's something to the simplicity of that. Yeah, you got it. All right, guys, back next week. You've been listening to Uncommon Deeds. This has been a production of Uncommon Media.